And welcome to yet again another episode of Devil Dash. I am Wills, joined here by Josh. And Josh, we had a pretty fun game this weekend. You know, ASC's only gotten three games this season. But, um, you know, the last one was worth the wait, that's for sure. 70-7, to the final score in this Territorial Cup game. And it really, really from the opening kickoff wasn't. Opening kickoff came back 107 yards, and ASU did not look back from there. So, we're going to get into, you know, what happened in the game. Was this, you know, Jaden Daniels' best game of the year? I know there's only three games and it's the only win, but we're going to get into that. And then Sun Devils' next opponent, Oregon State in championship weekend. Well, you know, what what did they offer and what, what does this matchup look like? So we're going to start off by jumping straight in to – sorry, sorry, I just messed up there. We're going to jump straight into the game. Josh, 70-7 beatdown. Tell me what you saw and what went down. Well, I saw an ASU team that was just really firing on all cylinders. I don't who had him. I can't even think of any. Uh, I mean, uh, everybody on the defense was plays. Um, the offense really showed up, especially Rashad White three touchdowns. Jackson He, I mean, it was, um, I'm pretty sure Jackson He. He's the first. Chinese-born uh, player in the NCAA uh, scored a touchdown and playing. And, 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 hey, we're glad to have him on our team in the Pac-12, making uh, making waves, because we know you know the Pac-12 likes to get disrespected by everybody. Um, but man, I was just so happy to see the Sun Devils come out to this game and uh, just put a whooping on the kitty. Yeah, and doing? we needed one. I mean, you know, we've had we've arguably been hit hardest by COVID out of anyone in the country. I mean, with being in the Pac-12 and, you know, three games getting canceled in a row, it's hard to make an argument that anyone's been hit harder in college football than ASU. And, you know, it was really refreshing because they should have beaten USC. They, you know, probably at least should have tied, gone into overtime with UCLA. They were right there in both those games. And it's not like they really laid an egg or gave up at any point in the season, which was really reassuring to see. And this – this Arizona game was just refreshing on many different levels because, you know, they definitely were not a very good team. They're 0-5, and I'm not trying to make it sound like, wow, you you know, we just beat Alabama here by 63. But, you know, U of A really hadn't gotten blown out in any of these games so far. And I think that's something to note because, you know, yes, they weren't a good team, but this is a rivalry game. You know, they're not just going to roll over. And I think ASU did something that, you know, Arizona sports have struggled to do. And it, get a good lead and then not just not just fumble the way through the game and try to hold on to that lead but you know really assert your assert your dominance as the better team and they they really didn't let up their foot off the gas and I, I think that's something you know that was very positive it's going to be something with Jaden Daniels who hadn't had the best year so far you know that's something that we can look to and say hey we can build on this for next season and this is the Jaden Daniels we need to expect going from here on out yeah I mean, Jaden had his game. Like you said, he did phenomenal. And, um, man, this U of A team, it's, it's just been really weird because if you go back to the beginning of the season, they – if they can – we can say they had a complete season. I mean, what, they played five games? That's That that qualifies as a complete season in the, the COVID year. So – and they played USC really good. Yeah, really, really good. Well. At home, and we played them at home, and that's something that me and Ryan talked about in our crossover. If you know the at home 
advantage being no fans there or whatnot doesn't matter to U of A. They played U of A well, and then Colorado they jumped out to a two score lead on Colorado. So they had they had their guy too, Grant Gannell. No one was sh- uh, sure if he was even going to play. And then what do you know? He's in there like the I'm not sure if it was the first snap, but I know he was in there within the first minute. And I hey, can have his up in front of me. He did. I mean. 12 for 17, 78 yards and a touchdown. So it's not like he was a minor part of this game. He got his opportunity put, to put his footprint on this game. But when you're completing 12 passes for 78 yards, you're just you're pretty much throwing dump downs. And that's something you're not going to win a lot of games doing that. There's a reason they ended up getting, you know, Rhett Rodriguez in and then they got Will Plummer in. So they went through three quarterbacks. But, you know, where do you think I, it's hard to it's hard to say anyone was better than the other. But in a set in the 70 to seven beatdown, was it? You know, the defense that really led it with the, I think it was seven, seven turnovers, six turnovers. They had, I mean, if you turn the ball over six times, you're not going to win any games. I would like to find a stat to see if any teams won after turning the ball over six times. But, um, I mean, maybe, I mean, defense is probably the obvious answer, but where do you think the Sun Devils really excelled in this game? I mean, look, I feel like you're leaning defense, and I fully back you on that. But at the same time, I'm going to say offense because ASU, I just looked at the turnover sets. ASU had zero turnovers. Hey, that's impressive. I mean, I'm pretty sure in the two games we played this year, you know, Rusty in both of them had a turnover, and those are, those have been both from uh, running back fumbles. And, you know, that's good to see these young guys actually hold on to the ball, make plays, and just, you know, play some clean, clean football because – that's another thing that can really hurt any team out there is just penalties. And yeah, I mean, we saw last week against UCLA, we fumbled on the one yard line, and that was the, you know, that was the deciding factor in the game was the fumble on the one yard line. And we muff up. Yeah, it's it's hard to say the defense didn't win the game, but that being said, I, I really want to give a shout out to the special teams. I mean, a lot of times you, people say you have to win in all three phases: offense, defense, and special teams, but especially in a rivalry game, when you go out and send a message that we did on the opening kickoff, like we're going to punch you in the face from here on out for the next 60 minutes. And it's how you, how you're going to deal with it. And you know, they didn't deal with it. They rolled over basically right after that. It was three seconds into the game. They were down seven zero. And I think it was two offensive plays later. They fumbled ASU's first offensive play of the game, ran it in for a touchdown. And that was pretty much the game. I, th- I think it was what 55 seconds into the game, and that w- it was pretty much over. And it was as fans, you're watching the game, and you're like, "All right, bring it on!" You know, let's let's keep scoring. Another interesting part about this is, I think the starters stayed in, not necessarily disrespectfully too long, but you know, in normal, l- hear me out, hear me out here. In normal games, the starters get pulled earlier than they did in this game. Be- with the, with the score what it was because you know you don't want to em- embarrass another team but i think asu got as fans we got a little more enjoyment out of this because they've only played two games so far this season so you know how are you going to go up to Jaden daniels who's only who's put in all this time and say hey man we're going to pull you because you scored too many points he's going to say no coach i've played two games this year i want to get at least three quarters into this game and I think we saw that ASU was not letting their foot up up off the gas. I want they had 42 at half and then at 70 at the end of the game. Like what an incredible performance. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's really, it's really good to see Herm just keep his foot on the pedal during a rivalry game. Yep. Because like we've talked about, and I want to say every single episode until now, Herm loves his conservative play calling. And, you know, he kind of still stuck with that. Like we were rushing the ball towards the end of the game. Like, and our guys were just still taking it to the house and uh, hitting hitting those guys, hitting their blocks. And, I mean, Jaden Daniels got pulled towards the end. I know the backup came in and threw two passes. I'm sure he handed off a bunch of uh, runs too. But it's hard to, to pull Jaden when he really only threw the ball 11 times. You know what I mean? Like, I know he had a he – Four good rushes in there, including a nice uh, like whirlpool spin and touchdown. But was he was he really laboring that hard? You know what I mean. He was That's just really transition into our next topic. Was this Jaden's best game of the year? And I actually, I want to go first here. I want to say no. I absolutely want to say no. I think it was. I mean, it's so hard when you look at the stats, and obviously you got to win. He completed nine passes. Our leading receiver only had two receptions. So I know he threw nine passes for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Fantastic. Love that. I will take that every day of the week. I'm not complaining about that. But, you know, he there's games, USC, UCLN, where he did not have his best game, but he was, you know, making an imprint on the game. Third down and five, and he runs for six yards. That's the stuff that makes Jaden Daniels special. You know, his stats were good, but he didn't do anything special this game. You know, against USC, he put together a few drives, not enough, to call it, you know, great game, but UCLA had better stats. We scored more points. We just didn't really get the defense that we, you know, had the the first and third game. But I'm gonna say no. This wasn't Jaden Daniels' best game. And to be honest, I don't have an answer if it's UCLA or USC. But this game, I'm gonna say no. I watched all three, and I just, you know, I was so impressed elsewhere with every other as, uh, facet, facet huh, every other part of ASU's game, but. Other games hasn't been like that where Jaden still was, you know, kind of a shining shining star in some of those other games. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in a sense that Jaden had more of an impact by himself. You think about him by himself leading the team um, in the past two games. But I'm going to have to go with the his performance in the U-Arizona game because, hey, we got the W, boys. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. It's a fair argument. I, I just look at it, you know, like USC game. We were winning, and Jaden had the opportunity to, you know, add on more points. But really, at the end of the game, when we were up 13 points, USC scored a touchdown, got the onside kick, and scored another touchdown. So I kind of look at that in the way of, like, Jaden had the lead and had the chance to add more. But he didn't really get a chance to protect his lead in that game. You know, it's not like it's not like USC scored a touchdown, kicked it off, and then Jaden went on a three and out in a clutch in a clutch game. And both games, UCLA and USC, he had an opportunity to drive either tie or you know put us in a position to win the game, which he couldn't do. But he still played well, and I, I think statistically this is definitely his best game. But I, I mean, just from what we expect of Jaden. I think we expect more than all three of these games. And I think this is a great stepping stone for, you know, the below average season he's had so far, but that's also going to come with continuity with this team, you know, young receivers, 
this season, just, you know, practice being thrown off and everything involved. You know, it's so hard. We saw USC be terrible their first two games. It should, could have been 0-2 against the two Arizona schools. This was ASU's third game. Only third game. Oh. You know, it's so hard to judge this team and judge Jaden's this is best game or not, but it's something you really you kind of have to do. And where do we set those expectations for next season is going to be an interesting thing to read and kind of see how Jaden finishes out the year. Yeah, and you talked about our wide receivers too. Just a little quick note. Um, we really saw these guys, these young guys, especially the underclassmen. And I have a pretty crazy stat for you guys too. ASU underclassmen accounted for 285 yards of total offense and four touchdowns. Like, that's just something you love to see out of the especially young team, and that really helps recruiting too. But Johnny Wilson, two catches for 50 yards. I, I feel like we've really been waiting for that. It's not even – he didn't get a touchdown, but it's still really, really good to see him, you know, spread out two catches with a long of 37 yards yep. and finally get some get some good yardage, good good catches under his feet, as well as uh, Ricky Pearsall. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a freshman too, which is just great to see him come out and handle this offensive load he's got. Yeah, it's just what we saw from this game, and it's, you know, not a, there's probably not going to be another territor- territorial cup like it in the future, near future. But we didn't rely on Jaden to win us the game. We didn't rely on Rashad White or DeMonte Tranum to win the game. We didn't rely on Frank Darby to go out and get eight catches. You know, like I said, our leading receiver had two receptions. That is the most receptions out of anyone on the team. And, you know, when you put up 20 points, sorry, 20 points, 70 points in a game, you know, at least personally, I go, I think, all right, I'm about to go look at this box score and the quarterback's going to have thrown for 450 yards, six touchdowns, and, you know, maybe a pick or two. Jane Daniels didn't have that game. Our receivers didn't have that game, but simply because we didn't need them to. And I, another thing I thought was an interesting nugget about this game is before the season, you know, you and I had talked about this a lot. I, I urged the defense to kind of find their identity. You know, what is this defense going to be? And I wanted them to be a team that's going to heavily rush the passer. And with that, you force the quarterback to make bad decisions and and you create turnovers. So I was, you know, with the, I I was watching the game and I I was obviously just thrilled with every point scored, but looking at the stats after, like, man, how many sacks did we have? You know, five, six, seven, we had one sack, you know, we, we didn't rush the quarterback and maybe that's what this team's identity is. Maybe it's, you know, we are going to play our man. We're going to, rush we're going to try to get pressure with four and force the quarterback to throw it into a tight window that we're going to play disciplined football and again it's it's you it's you arizona so really hard to kind of measure where where this defensive performance if it was you know obviously it was us outplaying them but how much of them being pretty bad was a product of that yeah and i mean i i still think it's just a great win for us i mean taking everything into account this whole this whole season just a great, like you said, all you got to show on all three facets of the ball, special teams, defense, and offense, and they were all there. Yeah, and so, I mean, we that saw the seven drubbing. Our last topic of the day, Josh, probably the last game for ASU this season. I, 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 don't, I, think, I don't think they're bowl eligible. Actually, I know they're not bowl eligible, and even if they were, after having three weeks of COVID, I don't know if they would accept a bowl invite. So this is – Probably, I say probably very loosely, the last game of the season for ASU. What do you expect from ASU? Is it 
you know, do we expect them to be a, a dominant team? You know, this Oregon State team has beaten Oregon. They've had some good wins, and they have the best running back in the in the Pac-12. So, where where what ASU team are you expecting? This UCLA team, the you know the U of A team, or you know somewhere in between? It's it's tough, Will's, because you know the first thing that came to my mind was I looked at the spread of this game, and it was Devils by seven. And I thought, whoa, there. Hit the brakes, Jack. Really? We're disrespected. We are getting disrespected. Oh, oh. I thought you were saying that was too much. I was like, wow, I like that seven. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and be like, Vegas, what do you think? You know, just go crazy. But then I started thinking, when, did, when they beat Oregon, they were playing at home. And the weather was not the best. It was really foggy that night. I think – the Sun Devils could be in for a bit of a shocker here. I mean, we are the better team, no doubt. But if I if I watch that game and there's you know the fog is set in and it's cold up there and it's it's a little different for the Sun Devils, I think it could be a little a close game. And you know, Oregon State. I mean, they got a really good guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, Jamar Jefferson. I'm not sure if he's playing. He better be because I want to I want to see him go crazy. That dude's gonna put oh, up crazy. I want to see him have an average game. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> don't jinx us. Don't jinx us now. Uh, this is something, you know. You you kind of brought up a bad memory of cold weather and fog at Oregon State because I I don't know exactly what year it was, but it was before you and I were uh, you know students of Arizona State. My favorite, one of my favorite Sun Devils of all time, Taylor Kelly. I believe this was the first year ever that the college football playoff uh, rankings were a thing. And ASU had beaten uh, number six, I believe, number six Notre Dame at home that year. We're undefeated, maybe one loss, but we're a fantastic team with Jalen Strong and DJ Foster and a lot of great players. They went in with two games to go in the season. They had at Oregon State and at University of Arizona, two teams that were not, U of A was good that year. Oregon State was not. Near the bottom of the Pac-12. Near the as they always are. But <laughs> they went in, and it was one of those weird, like, 8 p.m. kickoffs, you know, really late games, Pac-12 after dark. And ASU went out there and laid an egg. They were ranked number six in the country, Josh. On the You know when the college football playoff does their rankings and they show you the top four and then the two teams on the outside? ASU yeah. was listed as, number, as one of those teams on the outside. And it was one of the most – ASU losses I've ever seen in my life because it's a team, you know, we never been that good and it was a team you're expected to beat. And it's and not that ASU is anywhere close to even being ranked right now, but they have a history of kind of playing to their opponents. And and I'm not saying Oregon State is a is a bad opponent like you know University of Arizona was. And we kind of showed what we just did to a lesser opponent. So I don't know what to expect, but what I expect is for Air, for Arizona State to run the ball and run it efficiently. Rashad White and DeMonte Tranum are not going anywhere, and they're going to continue to pound the rock right in your face. And what this does is it sets up more, you know, more of a reprieve for Jaden Daniels. He can do play action. You know, they're going to have to respect the running back running the ball so he can run it more. And, you know, it's just going to – they're going to have to pack the box more for Rashad, right? Rashad White is running for almost 400 yards, you know? So yeah. it, it's going to be – I expect them to run the ball. That's something that I expect to be consistent. Um, you know, especially if Oregon State's going to be running clock with with Jamar Jefferson if he does play. Um, I expect us to run the ball heavily again and, you know, trying to take the weight off Jaden Daniels. 
yeah, the Sun Devils are going to do that. And what I'm hoping for in this game is I'm hoping for a little more, a little more Jaden Dazzle, Razzle Dazzle on the ground. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see him rip off another, you know, 58 or 48 yard run like he did last year against uh, UCLA or maybe it was Cal or yeah, it was UCLA. But, um, and also I want to see Frank Darby catch a pass because this could be his last year and he had zero catches against U of A. I, I want, why did he not catch a touchdown? My goodness, this dude's about to leave us and he's not even playing. It's something to look for. <laughs> Darby, I mean, I just not to sound selfish because obviously I root for root for all Arizona State players, but Darby having a bad season could be somewhat of a blessing because you know, this season everyone's talked about it being so weird due to COVID and kind of like, you know, kind of just throw it throw it in the bin because you know you can't really judge a team off three cancellations and stuff like that. And I know Darby had very high expectations. And I know Brandon Ayuk and Nikhil Harry, have, there's been quotes about, you know, saying you're next to Frank Darby, like as the, you know, first round draft pick. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But that being said, him having a poor year could result in him coming back for another year. And if, if the Sun Devils do want to make a run at that Pac-12 South title next year with Utah and USC, he's going to be a big part of that. You know, when we have a full 10-game schedule, What's that over there? Stop getting me excited. I know. Isn't it suck that we've waited so long for college football to get back? Our season's not even over yet, and we're already like, hey, we're looking forward to next season. And that's the life of an Arizona sports fan right there. (laughs) And now now you guys haven't even heard us, to all our followers and listeners out there, you guys haven't even heard us talk about ASU basketball and Remy Martin saving our butts. (laughs) GCU. That's a whole nother episode. Some of our followers to look forward to. The Arizona Cardinals are known as the Cardiac Cardinals because they give you know heart attacks to their fans. We need to think of some you know devil nickname that you know would give the Devils some you know heart attack nickname because that's exactly what they do to their fans. It's that's why. And to be honest, that's why this U of A game was so surprising because. I don't know if I told you about this. You know, the line was nine and a half uh, before before ASU U of A. And I kind of liked U of A as an ASU fan. I was like, these games are always close. And, you I, know, the worst team always wins. The better team is never the winner in these games. Well, so play down to our opponents, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And you play down to your opponents. So for me, it had all the writings of, you You know, you Arizona covering the nine and a half. Thank gosh, you know, I if I would have, you know, said I, I like that and then we said, all right, I'm picking that in our Dash Sports picks. I, I would have been – I think I think I would have crucified myself just for, you know, betting – you know, placing a, my hope in you, Arizona, and then being let down by my own team. So I'm very happy that for my own sanity I didn't do that. Would have been an all-time blow. That's for darn sure. Absolutely. And then not only a loss, but a 70-7 to 7 loss. That makes it even better and more surprising. But All right, give me a score prediction for next week in Corvallis. What do you think the score is? Oh, I want to. I think the Devils. I think they go. Let's hit. Let's keep the offense going. Let's go thirty-five to ten. Thirty-five ten. That's a big. That's a big. That's kind of a blowout, really. I think another interesting thing that we actually failed to mention: ASU benched their kicker again. Zendejas. He got the nod again against U of A, and then ended up getting benched mid-game after missing a field goal. So. That's something to keep an eye on. I don't think he's going to be the kicker moving forward. Um, score prediction. 
I'm going to say 34 to, to 19. I think, I think Oregon State's going to be a lot of field goals. I think this ASU defense has found something. I think they have a little bit of momentum. They're getting pressure without blitzing, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a sack. And I think that's big. So 34-19, I think, I think Oregon State settles for four field goals and a touchdown, and I think ASU misses an extra point. That is my prediction. Uh, anything know. else you us out for last game of the season? What do you think of the season as a whole, Josh? And what do you think of – what's your ex- – give me a little brief. You don't need to get into it, but what do you think ASU's expectations should be for next year? Hey, well, first of all, my thoughts on this season are I'm glad it's flipping over and we're getting ready to go already move on to, you know, 2021 because I want to see a full schedule. I want to see a full array of ASU. And what I really, what I'm really looking forward to is hopefully Frank Darby coming back and just the progression of Jaden Daniels, this entire team, Zach Hill, and our terrific running back group. Yeah, uh, my expectations for next year are win the Pac-12 South. And I know that's lofty expectations, but what are expectations if it's not a goal to achieve? You know, obviously I'm not I'm not on the team. I'm not I don't have any part of how they achieve this goal. But you know, if your if your expectations for the team aren't to win the Pac-12 South, aren't to win a you know a Pac-12 title, like why are you even you have the talent to do it? Why are you even playing the games? And I, I think it's it's as simple as that. I think ASU needs to be. You know, up until the last week in contention for that Pac-12 South title, if not the winner. Um, and what I think of this season, man, it's so hard. You know, I, I love ASU, and it's been so hard to see them be absolutely torn apart by this. You know, a last-second loss, three weeks canceled, and a lot of people are, you know, throwing shade on ASU. And it's, I'm really glad Jaden's coming back for another year. Let me say that, because if this was his last year, and that was the season we kind of ended Jaden Daniels, the Jaden Daniels regime on, I would not have been happy. It would have left a really bad taste in my mouth. So, Josh, that is all the time we have for today. Make sure you follow us on social media. Our at is at Dash Sports TV on everything. If it's social media, we got it. Make sure you check out Sports Pack 12 at Sports Pack 12 on Twitter and sportspack12.com. We, we are now doing columns for them. So, make sure to check them out. Anyone in the Pack 12, we cover it. Thank you all for watching today. For Josh and Wills, we will see you next week. And always, go Devils.